Welcome back to the Suresh podcast. In the previous episode, we heard how Sadhu cooked for Guru Arjan and the other five Sikhs. Arthmal, the grandson of Guru Amardas, he had come from Govindwal, and at that point, Guru Arjan was explaining to Arthmal the reason why uh, he would be leaving his body soon. How Chandu had convinced the Emperor Jahangir to levy this massive tax on him, 200,000 rupees. And while he was explaining to Arthmal this, at that time, six from Lahore and outside of Lahore were coming to Sadhu's house to receive the sight of Guru Arjan. And that's where chapter 33 picks up. These congregations, they're coming and they're bringing with them offerings for the Guru. And they're placing in front of the Guru these offerings. And then they would bow down and listen to the Guru's teachings. The Guru would teach all the Sikh congregations there to always keep within their heart the Divine's name. And by doing this, they would cut away all the pains of the world. One would experience an indescribable bliss and their mind would never waver. Their mind would be rock solid. And the Sikhs listening to this would all praise the Guru because of these teachings, saying, Blessed, blessed is Guru Arjan, the avtar, the very form of the divine, yet one who keeps the appearance of a just of devotee. In this massive gathering of Sikhs, now at Sadhu's house, there were Rababis singing Kirtan. Many Sikhs were listening to this with great attention and love. Others were reciting Gurbani, instilling the teachings and the praise of the divine in their heart. And a few days passed like this at Sadhu's house. And one day, Guru Arjan went with this large congregation, the Sikhs, out for a stroll by the river Ravi. Randomly at that time, Chandu, um, a minister of Emperor Jahangir, who had a lot of hate and jealousy for Guru Arjan, he just happened to be walking around there as well. And he saw this gathering of people who were strolling by the river. He was wondering who this must be. It must be somebody really famous. So he sent a servant to go ask the crowd, you know, who was this important person and that everybody was crowded around? You know, is this somebody rich? Is it a high-ranking official? Who is it? So the Chandu, so Chandu's servant then ran towards that group. He asked one of the Sikhs, you know, who is this that you're all gathering around? The Sikh replied that this is the true Guru, the compassionate Guru Arjan. When the servant then returned to Chandu and told him, he was hella pissed off. He was thinking, you know, this is my enemy and he's over here wandering around in peace with all these devotees. And I'm over here with such anxiety and anger thinking about, you know, when I'll be able to have him in my grips. And he's just totally carefree and happy walking around Lahore like nothing. My life is cursed if I don't use my smarts to capture and punish him. I've been tried for so long and nothing has worked out. So Chandu was thinking all these thoughts and then he quickly jumps on his horse. He quickly heads to the court of the Emperor Jahangir. He was thinking that he would go tell Jahangir and have Guru Arjan then brought to the court to explain himself. You know, why has he not come to the court yet to bring that uh, amount that is with outstanding, that 200,000? So when Chandu goes to the court, Jahangir just happens to be only with a few people at that time. There's not a lot of servants around. And he quickly then used this opportunity and he told him that, you know, Guru Arjun and his Sikhs are now in Lahore. And he says to Jahangir, he says, Guru Arjun's in Lahore, but he's not come to see you yet. And he just 
roaming around, letting all these Hindus worship him freely here in Lahore. Every day all these Hindus are coming and they're putting in front of the Guru countless offerings. You know, Guru Arjan is extremely rich and wealthy and he's become extremely egotistical because of all this. We've leveled this 200,000 tax on him, but what's that to him? He has so much money. We should bring him here immediately and punish him. So he no longer keeps thieves among him. If we do this, the entire empire will live in peace again. So let's call him here. Otherwise, he'll just collect all this money, all this wealth from his six here, and he'll go back to the city of Amritsar. He's fearless. He doesn't care about you. He even entertained your son, the Prince Khusrau, and supported him. So let's punish him. And at this moment, there were a few others who were standing around the emperor as well, and they also chimed in. Jandu had given them money beforehand and told them to just agree with whatever he says so, so they all may convince Jahangir to take action against Guru Arjan. So those guys said, Oh Emperor, you should listen to Chandu. He's really smart. He cares about this empire. He sees how the populace is being robbed by Guru Arjan and understands that as his own pain. This is why he keeps bringing up Guru Arjan to you. So let's call the Guru and let's ask him. What is the path towards Kula? What is the path towards the divine? At that point, don't worry about it. Jandu will take away and punish Guru Arjun. Let him deal with the punishment. You just ask the Guru about these spiritual questions. You know, if you're afraid that you will be held responsible for any of this punishment to the Guru, don't worry. Jandu is going to take care of that. No sin is going to be over your head. So Jahangir, listening to all this, was curious about Guru Arjan. He wanted to have their darshan, their sight, and wanted to hear their teachings. He had heard both a lot of good things and bad things about Guru Arjan. So Jahangir told Vizir Khan. Vizir Khan was a, an elderly, really high-ranking official in the Mughal court. And he told him to go call Guru Arjan to the court. Vizir Khan then quickly went to meet the Guru, when he gets to Guru Arjan, he bows down, he begins to praise Guru Arjan, saying, Blessed, blessed are you, true Guru, and blessed is your speech. By listening to it, one's pains are forever removed. Vizir Khan then tells Guru Arjan, I used to have edema. Edema is um, a disease, a condition where one has a lot of fluid retention. And Vizir Khan is saying, I was in constant pain. I was always crying out for help. No doctor was able to help me. But listening to your Sukhmani Sahib, I immediately found peace and health. So here Vizir Khan is telling, in summary, a story uh, that happened quite, you know, so many chapters previous to this. Um, Vizir Khan is suffering in great pain because of this condition. And one day, a Sikh walks by his house while singing Sukhmani Sahib as he was walking along. Just by hearing those few lines, Vizir Khan felt instantly better. He had, so he had a servant go and run and catch up with that sick and asked him, you know, what are you reading? So the sick, you know, explained to him that I'm reading uh, a part by Guru Arjan, Sukhuni Sahib. Vizir Khan asked the sick if he would come to his house every day to recite this prayer. The sick agreed 
And for some time, that Sikh would come daily and recite Sukhmani Sahib to Vizir Khan. And whenever that Sikh was there reciting that part, Vizir Khan felt great. You know, but when he would leave, when the Sikh would leave, and Gurbani wasn't being recited, he felt that same pain again from that condition. So one day the Sikh told him, you know, you're in pain when I'm not here reciting Gurbani. Why don't you just go and visit Guru Arjan in Amritsar? You know, he's the one who wrote this Sukhmani Sahib. He'll remove all your pains forever. You won't ever feel like this again. So Vizid Khan then agrees. He heads to Amritsar from Lahore. Uh, at this point of time, Guru Arjan was supervising the construction of Harmandar Sahib. And all the Sikhs were completing the Kaar Seva. They all had these baskets which they were carrying on their head as they were excavating the area for the Sarovar. So Vizir Khan walks up to Guru Arjan, he bows down. He tells him the entire backstory. Guru Arjan, out of humility, then says, Don't worry, look behind you. You'll see an old man. He's received great blessings from Guru Nanak. Go and bow down to him and he'll remove all your pains. So Guru Arjan here was speaking about Baba Buddha Ji. Vizir Khan goes to Matatek to bow down to Baba Buddha and Baba Buddha Ji is like, what? You've left the place that you should have gone and bowed down to and you've come to me? Get out of here. And he smacks Vizir Khan with that basket that he had over his head and he hits him right on the belly. At that point, Vizir Khan was cured just because of that. And then he went to go thank Baba Buddha Ji and thank Guru Arjan. So Vizir Khan for this long time has been a devotee of the Guru's house, uh, even though he's a high-ranking uh, official of the Mughal court. So, coming back to the story here at hand, Vizir Khan then tells Guru Arjan that Chandu is the one slandering you a lot in the court and trying whatever way he can to persuade the emperor to take action against you. And through his constant lies and through the help of other officials who Chandu has bribed, the Emperor Jahangir has been convinced, even though Jahangir does recognize the glory of the Guru's house. So for this reason, he called you to attend the court so he may listen to your words and have a conversation with you. And that's why I'm here, to invite you to the court. Guru Arjan replied saying, yes, I understand all of this and this is why I've come to Lahore to meet with Jahangir. And with saying that, he got ready with the other five six, and they headed towards the court. As they were headed toward the court uh, of the Emperor Jahangir, all the residents in Lahore who saw Guru Arjan, you know, stroll by with the five six, they all bowed down. They all stood there with their hands clasped with respect. Wazir Khan was leading the procession, and as they entered the court, he yelled out and drew everybody's attention to the arrival of Guru Arjan. In the court, they had placed a very high seat for Guru Arjan to sit on, to show respect for the Guru. Chandu was there in the court and he saw this and he was just burning up in anger, seeing that Guru Arjan was being respected here. So Guru Arjan entered the court and he was seated on this elevated seat. The Emperor Jahangir greeted the Guru and asked if he was well. Everybody in the court looked on and bowed their head in respect. Then Jahangir, the Emperor asked Guru Arjan, this debate and conflict between the Hindus and the Turks, the Muslims, each of them, the Muslims, the Hindus, they think of themselves as greater. 
They say that only they will go to heaven and the others will go to hell. But which of these two does the master of the world support? Which one does Kla, God, bless his grace upon? Which of these two groups is speaking the truth and which one is lying? Please answer, answer this question of mine. You are a great being, a holy man. So please help me make sense of this. And in response to this, Guru Arjan then recited a Shabd. This is in Ramkali. Guru Arjan then says, Koi bolle Ram Ram, koi khudai. So Guru Arjan says, you know, some say, some recite, some meditate upon Ram, Ram. And some meditate, some recite khudai. Khuda meaning God. In which is an Islamic term. Koi seve gusayya, koi Allahi. So some serve the divine, understanding him as gusayya, as the master of the world. This is a Indic term. And koi and some serve the divine as Allah. This is an Islamic term. Karan karan kareem kirpata rahim. So here Guru Arjun is juxtaposing Indic terminology with Islamic terminology here. Karan karan the cause of all actions, and Kareem, meaning the compassionate one. And then Kirpata Rahim, Rahim is an Islamic Arabic term, just like Kareem, meaning Rahim, meaning the merciful one. And Kirpata, the one who uh, showers his grace upon his devotees. Then it says, So some people go bathe at Tirith, um, at pilgrimage sites associated with uh, Indic traditions. Some people go to Mecca, Mecca to uh, perform their pilgrimage there. And some people do devotional action in an Indic fashion with Arti, with Kirtan, and and some people bow their heads like when Muslims do their five prayers, uh, they bow their heads. Some people recite the Vedas, some people recite Semitic texts like the Quran and the Bible. Koi or Daniel, some people wear blue clothing. At that time, blue clothing was associated with Mughals and the Turks and Muslims. Koi Sapeid, some people were wearing white, and that's associated with more Indic tradition. Koi Kahe Turk, some people call themselves Turks and Muslims. Koi Kahe Hindu, some people call themselves Hindu. Some people call themselves um, believers or residents within Hindustan. Some people yearn, some people desire to go to heaven. Pist is the Arabic type of terminology for heaven. Some people long for heaven. And that's Sorgindu meaning specifically the heaven related to Indra. So is an Indic uh, terminology for heaven. But concluding line says, Jen Says Nanak, Jen Hu Hukam Pachata. Hukam is an Arabic term meaning the divine's will. Those who have realized, who have understood the divine will, those people have understood the mystery of the master of the world. So Guru Arjan says this Shabbat to Jahangir and then says to him that there's only one Parameshwar, there's only one divine. But both of those communities argue like their divine is different. So have firm faith in this, that there is only one divine. Ram, Khoda, it's the same thing. This, the meaning for Kripal, the compassionate, what Hindus say, 
and Rahim is also the same, what the Muslims say. But each of them have just become partisan. You know, they're debating each other, arguing with each other, and both of them for doing this have become liars. But our philosophy is different from all of this. We are united in both the communities, yet at the same time we are different. For us, there's no debate about who is better or who is worse. For us, we recognize the hukum, the divine's will, and whatever pain or pleasure comes, we accept that wholeheartedly, always remaining blissful in one's heart and never assigning fault or sin on anyone else. Secondly, we constantly remember and meditate upon the divine's name. And thirdly, we detach ourselves from any association that we are only our bodies. Here Guru Arjun is alluding to the illusionary nature of the world that we only recognize ourselves as something that sits within our body and not the divine infinite which is in every piece and particle of the universe. This is also in reference to the last line about the mystery of the divine and how we appear to be separated through this delusion, through this um, illusion of the world. But those who understand that mystery, who understand the real, the reality of the world, are not deluded and understand their place within the world. So Guru Arjan says this, and through these three principles, through listening, accepting, and practicing them, does one meet the divine and have the illumination of wisdom burst forth in their perception. Whether one is a Hindu or a Turk, it doesn't matter as long as they practice these three principles, they'll be carried across the ocean of life and all their pains from this world will melt away. And if we were to explain these three principles in depth, it would be quite long and dense. There would be much to listen to, but those who are smart only need to listen to a little bit and they can understand the depth in those few sayings. Those who want to remain attached in remembrance with the divine, those people are truly wise. So as Guru Arjun is saying this, the sun is setting and it's getting late. So Jahangir then ends the conversation, the discussion and concludes his court session. So as Guru Arjun was getting up and leaving the court, Jandu then saw an opportunity and quickly went to go talk to Jahangir. So he says to him, let me take Guru Arjan to my house. I'll take care of him there. I'll explain to him properly the proclamation that you sent to him demanding the 200,000 rupees and I'll easily get it out of him. Trust me, I'll convince him. So he never again keeps thieves in his community. Without punishing him, he won't stop this behavior and the empire will not be at peace. Think about it. It is just. If you do this, you'll be praised throughout your kingdom. Look, he kept your son, Prince Khusrau, at his place in Amritsar and received him in great honor. This is highly deserving of punishment. We need to teach him a lesson. Let's scare him greatly so he doesn't do this type of action again. But don't worry, you won't be responsible for whatever happens. I'll take him to my house and I'll deal with him. Let me take him for three to four days and I'll promise you I'll get your money, the 200,000. And also, it doesn't make sense for you to go to Kashmir now. 
and you can do what you like, but it probably makes more sense that you go to Dili now and spend the rest of your summer there. So you should leave for Dili now and I'll bring you the money at some point and that I collect from Guru Arjun. And if anyone, if any Sikh or anyone else asks for your help related to Guru Arjun, don't listen to any of them. So the emperor heard all of this and he agreed to it. And immediately Chandu sent out his officers to go arrest Guru Arjan and bring him to his house. The five Sikhs that were there with Guru Arjan weren't allowed inside the house. They were tied up and bound at the gate of Chandu's house. The other men that were there with Guru Arjan to lift the palanquin, the palki, those guys were, weren't in prison. They were just let free. So it was dark now. Guru Arjan was locked up in Chandu's house. Outside, there were guards everywhere around the house. The idiot Jandu was telling them, Keep your guard up. Stay strapped with a sword and a shield, day and night. Make sure no one is allowed in. Keep all the doors closed at all times. So Jandu was really happy that his plan was now coming to fruition. And in this happiness, the idiot went to sleep. So this is how chapter 33 concludes. In the next chapter, we'll hear how Jandu begins torturing Guru Arjan. So that's where we'll pick up next time. But as always, we'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page.